Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our health care system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Health Care, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our health care system as it exists and as it could be. For better health care and a better health care system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Health Care on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman. I'm founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On today's show, we're going to be talking about electronic health records. Electronic health records are supposed to be the path to improving quality, safety, efficiency, and access in our healthcare system. Our government is pouring money into these health um, record systems, encouraging doctors and healthcare systems to implement electronic medical records. Hey, this is a great time to be a company making or selling electronic health record products. And with all these companies developing all these different systems, how do we know that the systems will work? How will we know that they're collecting our, the health information that we need? And, and how do we know that these systems are going to be able to talk to each other? You know, one of the, the ways they're supposed to help is by integrating our health records so we don't have one paper chart in one doctor's office, another paper chart in another doctor's office. We want a system that connects, that um, is con- consistent and can be read from doctor to doctor's office. The only way to do this is to have some system in place to ins- to assure that the systems work. The systems need to be certified. And one organization doing the certification is the Certification Commission for Health Information Technology. It's a nonprofit organization with the mission of accelerating the, do- the adoption of health information technologies. The um, organization is also, goes by its initials, CCHIT or CCHIT. Today, we're speaking with the chair of the Certification Commission, Karen Bell. Dr. Bell, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. To start, um, I'd like to know a little bit, uh, I'm sure our audience would like to know a lot more about electronic health records and certification of those records. What's that all about? Well, I think the bottom line here is that uh, certification has always been about, since it was first started by actually us, CCHIT, back in 2004 and five. It's all about um, assuring that the purchaser of an EHR has, is, has absolute transparency. An EHR is um, uh, electronic health record. An electronic health record. Right, um, has absolute assurance and transparency about what that EHR can do. And that assurance is around the functions that it can provide to take care of patients, around security, and also around what we call interoperability. Can this particular EHR exchange information with someone else or something else? So those are the key elements um, that certification bodies test for and that we've been testing for for the last five years. And... Um, uh, certify against. Now, there are two 
certification programs, and I think that's important to know. Well, let's, let's, um, let's go, go back and, and, and make sure the audience is, understands the basics of this um, first. So a physician or some medical organization wants to have an electronic health record for their patients. Um, that record's going to document visits and procedures and laboratory tests. Those are the functions you were referring to. That's correct. And presumably people don't want their information spread around. And I guess if it's on index cards or in file cabinets, you just lock the door, which is some degree of security. But now that it's electronic, people could capture large quantities of other people's health information in a hurry if it, if there wasn't security built in. That is correct. And security has other aspects as well. You want to know that there's good backup. So if you have an outage or if there's a problem, then the the information is not lost. Oh, so there's, that's There's, there's that's two key. parts of security here. Yeah. I wonder if the power if the power's out, if you have access uh, or you have protection... You know, people read about the VA losing, you know, records on 100,000 people all at once. So I, I think security is key. And then this interoperability, um, paper records have n- almost – well, I guess they don't have no interoperability because you could always Xerox them and mail them to somebody else. Right, and you can fax them too. But electronic uh, records, what an opportunity that would be for – patient who's seen me and they've seen other doctors for me to have access to those other records. Exactly. Okay. And that's the opportunity that, that we have been working on for some time. And when I say we now, it's a very large we because we need the standards, we need the technology that can actually put it into the electronic health record, and we need ways of networking so you know how to get it to someone else. So it's a very complicated process, but at least we can certify that your electronic health record is capable of actually transmitting it out. Um, one of the points that I would like to make is that there are now two certification processes that people are talking about. Most physicians have heard about the meaningful use incentive payments that Medicare is offering as well as Medicaid. Um, to adopt and use a certified electronic health record. A lot of our audience aren't doctors. Tell us, can you can you tell us a little more about that? Absolutely. The um, uh, stimulus package, I'll call it that way, the stimulus legislation, um, has some parts in it that um, have directed Medicare and Medicaid to provide bonus incentive payments to physicians and hospitals that can demonstrate meaningful use of certified electronic health records. This can amount to as much as $44,000 for Medicare physicians um, over a course of five years, over $62,000 for Medicaid physicians over the course of two years, and up to $2 million per year for some large, larger hospitals. So the total amount of incentive payment money is actually quite significant. In order to be eligible for those incentive payments, though, I did mention it had to be certified. And it has to be certified to some very specific criteria that the government has developed to meet a set of meaningful use measures and standards. These are best characterized as being the 
federal minimum set of standards. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily um, meet all of the needs that physicians and hospitals need to truly be able to take care of patients comprehensively. And that's where the CCHIT certification program comes in as well. Our program has been around for, as I've said, five years now, and it's very robust. It has state-of-the-art security and has twice as many features and functions in it um, that we certify compared to the federal program. Um, we do usability testing on our uh, uh, certified EHRs as well. And in general, if it's designed to be able to support patient care because it, it requires that all functions be integrated and all of the data be integrated within the electronic health record. So we're recommending um, to most physicians that what they really want is a product that's certified to both the federal process and to our process. And since we do both of those certifications for the price of one, there are over 50 products in the market right now that meet those two sets of criteria. So that uh, many, many providers of care um, are taking advantage of that. With over 50, if there's over 50 certified systems, it sounds like there could be, well, more than 50 systems out there. But even with 50 systems, one would wonder, gee, if, if my doctor has one system and another doctor has one of these other 50 systems, are they really going to be able to talk to each other? Well, um, that's where the interoperability criteria come in. And um, the Health Information Technology Standards Committee, which is a federal advisory committee to ONC, it has to, to who? To the Office of the National Coordinator that is overseeing all of uh, these efforts. Um, the Standards Committee is very busily putting together the sets of standards that are going to be necessary to allow that kind of communication to occur. And in fact, um, uh, in order to be eligible for these meaningful use incentive payments, um, these EHRs have to be able to at least send out um, the information in a format that uh, can be accepted by another EHR and even by a, a patient. So patients will be able to get copies of their clinical summaries uh, in the very near future. And those clinical summaries can be downloaded into a little you know, port um, or on a CD, can be downloaded and faxed. I mean, there are multiple ways that patients will be able to access those clinical summaries, but the clinical summaries will be provided in a standardized format. I take it that without some sort of certification and agreement system, that doctors having multiple electronic health record systems, it could have been like uh, everybody having a, uh, a particular kind of car that required a particular kind of road, and they Car, one car couldn't ride on the road of another car. It would be a, it would have been a disaster. Absolutely, and and one of the um, uh, analogies that I've frequently heard on this is that um, you have one company that makes trains that has a certain gauge to the track. Another company that has trains has a sec uh, you know a second gauge to the track, 
and the tracks never can connect. So who's in charge of deciding what the track width should be? Is it the federal government in, in this case? Uh, who, who is, who's, who's laying down the law? It is the federal government. So the federal government establishes the fixed standards? It's not um, a, a voluntary um, agreement among the private parties? Well, the private parties contribute to the recommendations made to the federal government, and that's why there are these federal advisory committees that meet every month and in between as necessary um, to uh, work on those standards, and those federal advisory committees include lots of uh, different stakeholders, um, and their recommendations then go to the federal government, and the federal government uh, actually puts them into law. Now, your organization, CCHIT, is not part of the federal government. We are not. We are one of those organizations that have been authorized by the federal government to certify EHRs to the federal standards, but as I've mentioned earlier, we've been doing this work on our own for the last five years, and so we have developed our own robust set of certification criteria. And actually, they've been developed by over a pool of over 300 subject matter experts. I was going to say, when you say on our own, it sounds like uh, a, a group of bureaucrats inside a little box making decisions <laughs> for the rest of the world. And, and I got the sense that that's the opposite of what it really is. It really is the opposite. Um, you know, for instance, um, just recently, we pulled together a group of dermatologists, um, EHR vendors, um, uh, folks from multiple different other stakeholder settings, um, and over the course of six months had them noodle through what are the best criteria to include in electronic health records that would bring value to dermatologists and their patients. Those criteria went out for public comment. We had you know, over 100 public comment commenters coming back on them. We included the comments into the criteria, and then uh, through a very open process, um, our commission reviews the recommendations, the comments, and then basically says, yes, these are the criteria we are going to include to meet the needs of the dermatologists and their patients. You're listening to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. We're speaking today with Dr. Karen Bell. She's the Certification Commission Chair if I have that right, of the Certification Commission for Health Information Technology. Um, we've talked about some of the key elements, functions, security, interoperability. These are the things that are going to allow electronic health records to improve healthcare delivery? We think so. What's the future of electronic health records going to look like for healthcare consumers? Well, you know, it's quite interesting. About half of all physicians has some basic form of electronic health record right now. That's increased quite a bit over the last several years. Um, matter of fact, it's doubled in the last several years. Um, what I think, though, that patients and consumers can anticipate is the ability for them to get more engaged with their own care and treatment because they will have access to the information that is in not only their primary care physician's office, but also everywhere they go for care, so that the intent is to have patients 
um, access what could be called a longitudinal or comprehensive record where every, all of the care that they're getting in multiple places um, is brought together in a summary fashion for them to review and interact with as necessary. It may be that they can interact online with their clinicians um, to assure that their care plans are um, uh, clear and that they are adhering to them. They can interact uh, with their physicians through email and that sort of thing, um, secure messaging, uh, to get information. They can also um, uh, review information and if there is information that they real recognize is not correct, they can assure that it, it's been fit, it will be fixed. So that it will be, I think, a very different world um, when patients can actually start accessing and interacting with um, their information electronically. You've raised all sorts of interesting issues. I, I have a special interest in patients' adherence to medication, having done research studies with computer chips in the caps of medication containers recording whether patients are using their medicines or not. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you see that the electronic health record is going to be integrated with people's pharmacy records telling um, doc the doctors will know if patients are filling their medicine, if they're refilling it at the proper intervals that tell the doctor the patient's actually taking the medicine or not? Um, there are places where that's happening right now, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I wonder, does the certification process uh, provide for patients' choice in what they want to be not so much public, but even open to their doctors. I mean, one could imagine a situation where a patient might want some of their information known to one doctor but not to another. That is actually um, some of the directions that uh, we're going in right now. There is no question that um, uh, we need to assure that patients are comfortable with and know who is actually having access to their information and under what circumstances. So there are a number of people who are making um, recommendations to the federal government and, uh, and state governments even on, on how to move that forward, and there's a tremendous amount of consumer engagement in that process. But you do bring up a very, in a very important point, and that is, in the end, consumers have the right to control who sees their information under what circumstances with one exception, and that is that there are some conditions that, by law, have to be reported to public health, and there are no um, uh, protections around those. This is interesting because in the um, file folder day, somebody could look at your file and you'd never know whether they looked at it or not. But presumably in an electronic health record system, to have access to anything, you'd have to log in and you could record every time somebody looks at anything. That is correct. Um, that's part of the uh, security criteria that, that we look at very, very carefully. Um, an electronic health record uh, can track exactly who does what, whether it's to look at information or whether it's to create information or whether it's to change the information that's in there. And not only who does that, but when they do it. So that it's um, a, a very good way of, of tracking exactly where your information is going and who's seen it. Our, our current system is really quite poor, I think, at capturing adverse drug events and things like that and getting them reported to the FDA or to some centralized 
agency. Will the the EHR, the future, do that automatically? Um, it it will do it. It it will have the ability to do it um, as it will be having as, as actually they do right now have the ability to report out quality measures. Um, but they will need to do it in a anonymized way. So I think the important take home on this is that there's a difference between providing information on um, adverse events and information on quality and in, in an anonymized way um, and doing it um, in a way which is patient-identified. So the patient identity piece is the part that's, that will be protected going forward. Dr. Bell, I appreciate your time today. Do you have any final thoughts or comments for our listeners about their health or our healthcare system? I do, and I appreciate the opportunity to share with everyone that the important thing to think about with respect to electronic health information and electronic health information sharing is that there will be the privacy protections that you will need going forward, and there is absolutely no question that this will lead to safer care, it will lead to better quality care, and more importantly, it will lead to care that you will understand and be able to be engaged in uh, yourself going forward, all of which will make you healthier and, and um, more likely to enjoy many more fruitful years. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you this morning. Electronics have revolutionized our world. You know, when I was back in high school, I was using a slide rule. And then the calculator came out. Uh, it revolutionized things. And then, I mean, today we're, people are holding in their hand Android phones. These Android phones have more computing power th- than was used uh, in the Apollo space program. Uh, the, more computing power than was used to put the man on the moon. In medicine, we're moving from paper records to electronic health records, and I'm sure we're going to face challenges, kind of like the, when there was a phone company and phones came out. When, when the phones came out, there was one company, uh, and it was great for stability and consistency and having one system. But nowadays, we have lots of phone companies, and there's tremendous innovation and low pricing. And, and because there are still rules that these companies follow, there's the ability to communicate across different platforms. So, for example, that corded phone on my wall with the stretchy uh, spiral cord on it still can communicate with any company's cell phones anywhere in the world. I'm sure electronic health records are going to improve many aspects of our healthcare system. And as long as they follow the certification rules, they'll be able to talk to each other. Uh, but we're just at the beginning of seeing what electronics is going to do to medical record keeping. Uh, getting this podcast, um, downloading uh, patient information over the Internet, or using Doctor Score to give doctors feedback are probably just the tip of the iceberg that's coming. In the years to come, I think we're going to see many changes that today we can't even imagine. We'll be exploring our healthcare system and the coming changes to our healthcare system in future episodes of Getting Better Healthcare. Please stay with me. Until next time, have the best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E dot com. DrScore.com. 
And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.